today's episode of the Couch Coach Podcast. We preview the Western Conference, we talk about if NBA players should do anything for the National Anthem, and we welcome Kevin Garnett to the Man Cave. Now, in an effort of full disclosure, I think it's important for me to give you my turnover log for today. First off, I mentioned that we had two number six seeds this year. I want to clarify that. It was actually Oklahoma City at the number seven seed and Portland Trailblazers at the sixth seed. You have to listen for more information in that. Also, I said that the over-under for the Golden State Warriors would be 74 wins. Trust me, that's not accurate. I have the over-under for the Golden State Warriors at 64 wins. So, without further ado, let's get it. Praying and hoping your team is at the chip for the trophy or the fellas coming hard with all the laughter and the joking. Huh. We praise our team when they win and curse the coach when they lose and screaming loud at the screen. Get in the game, stupid. Who's the best? Who's the worst? Who's the GOAT? Wrong name? Be prepared for the roast. You're not tuning to the couch, coach. What is up? What is up? I don't ask that question lightly. I really mean it. What is up? Welcome back to another edition of the Couch Coach Podcast. I am your host, Steven, and today we're going to talk a little bit about some basketball. It is officially underway. I mean, about as officially as it can be. Um, Are we that excited for preseason basketball? I know that I am. Um, We've already had a few games that have tipped off. Of course, uh, you know, I see that the Thunder are playing Real Madrid or... um, Maybe that's not right. They're playing some team overseas. Doesn't really matter. I've had other games that have uh, gone off. Um, my San Antonio Spurs, they started and uh, played the Phoenix Suns. And, of course, they left half their team back in San Antonio. A lot of other teams are underway. It has begun. And we're about, uh, I don't know, something like 23 days from the actual beginning of the season. So I figured it's time uh, that we get back on the grind here. Uh, last episode of the Couch Coach Podcast, we did our preview for the um, for our Eastern Conference. And now it's time to do our preview for the Western Conference. So without further ado, um, we're just going to jump right into this thing here. And, uh, and we're going to see where this, where this takes us. So um, 15 teams, and I'm going to start with team number 15 that I'm going to put in here, and that team is going to be the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I believe that the Phoenix Suns are going to stay right down there at the bottom. Um, that Suns team has just been a, a crazy mess for the last couple years, um, and right now it seems to me that they're cutting ties with the, with the Morris brothers who um, contributed nothing to that franchise, and I think they had a lot of weight put into that franchise, and hopefully that those guys could save a lot. And it seems like they've just been trying to have like a dumpster sale ever since then. They've got some young people. Is there? I really like their coach Earl Watson. I think that he is a guy that is going to be a terrible scapegoat once this thing all gets over and said and done with. But I'm going to have the Phoenix Suns finishing this year at uh, in the 15th spot. Uh, number 14 is going to be our New Orleans Pelicans. Um, the Pelicans, man, they are always a tough uh, get. A, they're a tough team to kind of. Um, you know, it's a place every year. They're always bitten by the injury bug. Anthony Davis, again, I still think he is like the future of the National Basketball Association. We're going to see more and more big men come like him, but there's just nobody really around that team. They lost Ryan Anderson this year, um, and I think that's going to leave uh, a pretty big hole hole there for them to, f- to fill. 
That being said, though, I really like Buddy Heald, and I really wish that he would get some some clock. I think that he is probably the best shooter that's come out of this draft this year. Um, now with Ben Simmons going down out of the East, I think Buddy Heald could make it a legitimate run at, uh, at possibly winning the Rookie of the Year. But uh, still have the Phoenix Suns, uh, excuse me, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans at the 14th slot. Uh, at number 13, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, this is a this is one where people are like, what, Minnesota Timberwolves at 13? Yeah, look, there's just not enough there yet. They have some great young parts. Love Tom Thibodeau. Love the pieces that they've assembled. Uh, um, really, really, really wanted them to try and steal Jimmy Butler and get him from Chicago out there to Minnesota. I thought he would have been a great fit. But uh, there's a lot going on in Minnesota that I don't think we know about. The number one problem being Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio is a talent in this league, and he will, and he's going to make a great fit. But he, as long as he's there, he's going to chew up a lot of their stuff. They're, they've really flexed with, okay, we're 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 selling out to going young here, and that's a good thing. You know, they've, they've got they've got time and and, uh, and energy to do that. But losing Kevin Garnett to retirement, who's, who's been like kind of their voice and their strong suit, now bringing in all these young guys, Tom Thibodeau. Um, I do think they're going to buy in Zach Levine. He's got a good future, but they got to make another move move here, and they got to get some veterans in there. So I have uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves at thirteen. At number 12, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. Los Angeles, uh, I'm in L.A., so I I tend to hear a lot about L.A., but I'm not buying too much into the hype. I do think that they're going to play a little bit better. They're going to have a much better showing. They'll be competitive in a lot more games. I think Luke Walton is the right coach for that job. There's a ton of youth here. I thought they had one of the worst signings this year in signing Timothy Mozgov. They're kind of all in on that uh, now, um, but I did like the Luau Ding signing. I think they're going to have enough veterans there still to kind of guide that team a little bit. They're bringing back Rumor is they're bringing back Meta World Peace, and that'll help, too, with some of the uh, veteran leadership that kind of goes into that locker room. So still a few years out for the Lakers, but we'll see. They're going to be there at uh, at number uh, – what was that? That's 14, 13, 12. That's going to be number 12. So at number 11, we have the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks, man, I really feel bad for these Mavericks because they're just – they're such a good uh, – Organization, and I mean that you know, even as a San Antonio Spurs fan, their rivals with Mark Cuban. Um, I, but the, the, they're they are a good organization, and Dirk is really kind of like our last living you know legend that's playing the game still right now. Um, but just not enough talent around him, even with the addition of Harrison Barnes and uh, Andrew Bogut. They're still going to be a tough team. They could jump up there and uh, and throw some competition in, uh, maybe for an eight seed in the playoffs, just depending on how how we get uh, some of these teams fold out. But they still got to get through a tough Memphis team and a tough Sacramento team and probably a scrappy Denver team before they can actually, you know, get into the playoffs. So I have a uh, Dallas on the outskirts right now. Next up after Dallas, I have at number 10, the Sacramento Kings. Now the Sacramento Kings, um, they've got to figure out what they're going to do with Rudy Gay. Cause he has been back and forth. It's clear. He doesn't want to be there. Um, now you've got, uh, Rondo who was really kind of what made that team, uh, kind of go the, uh, and, and, really kind of kept everybody grounded particularly booger cousins um we've saw we've seen this now in the you know in in the olympics cousins is a mess and he's a problem wherever he's going to be he's already ran out you know uh you know ran he's 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 a coach killer that's what i'm trying to get at and um of course they got you know their new stadium and all this kind of stuff and they can try and pretend that everything's fine there in sacramento but the reality is is that place is a mess and uh, i believe that putting you know sacramento there at 10 is being uh generous 
All right, number nine is the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are going to miss the playoffs this year. I'm telling you that they are. People really want to get on board with this with this Nuggets team. But can you know Mike Miller uh, is is uh, is kind of like their big big veteran signing, hang out in the background. I do love this kid Moutier. Um, he played overseas. He was a rookie last year. I think he's worked through a lot of the kinks there. Um, of course, they still got you know the Manimal. Um, that's gonna go and 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 be incredible, and and he always is. But they 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 need a they need a guy. They need a they need a star, and and it's it's just not gonna happen. Uh, number eight, getting into the playoffs here is going to be the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Now I really like Memphis, particularly the Chandler Parsons signing. Um, they're bringing back Mike Conley, who is the most you know highest paid player in the league. Marcus Gasol, hopefully he gets healthy. Um, I do do think uh, Memphis is going to miss uh, Matt Barnes, who went to go join the Sacramento Kings. He brought a toughness to that team that they really could have used. He was perfect for their grit. But Chandler Parsons is actually going to give them some spacing that they never had before, and he's going to give them some uh, um, some floor width. and And I think that they're going to get in there at the number eight seed, and they're going to be a tough number eight seed uh number six is going to be the oklahoma city thunder and it's going to be weird having the oklahoma city thunder in at the sixth seed with the most valuable player on uh their team russell westbrook is going to win the mvp this year that's not up for debate that's that's a fact um he's the best player in the league uh he's better than uh than kevin durant was whenever he left he's better than steph curry because he plays on both sides of the ball the best player in the league is lebron james but he's not going to be able to put up the type of numbers that Russell Westbrook is. We're going to see blank U mode Russell Westbrook all year long, and it is going to be awesome. Victor Oladipo is going to be a good fit for them. They're just not going to have the full uh, arsenal that they had with, with uh, Durant in Victor Oladipo. But I think that what's going to hurt them more is losing a Baca. Um, that's going to be some stuff. We're going to really see what Steven Adams and, and his cancer are made of. All right. Number uh, seven here is, uh, excuse me, Number six is going to be the Portland Trailblazers. Um, just the same way that we're going to see blank U mode of um, Russell Westbrook, we're going to see blank U mode from Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is sick of getting snubbed, and rightly so. This guy needs to be an all-star. He he is an all-star. He's just in a guard-heavy conference playing in a boring, you know, you know, not highly televised market of Portland, but that guy deserves to be on a roster for an all-star game and he's going to make it too. Um, I can't believe I'm doing this. This makes me really upset, but next up after the Portland trailblazers at number five is the Houston Rockets. Um, now <laughs> they've, they've said that they're going to move James Harden, you know, Mike D'Antoni is the new head coach. And he's like, we're going to move him to a point guard. Oh, okay. Cause that's going to make a difference. The guy's still not going to play defense. Um, it's, it's still going to be a mess. What I love out of the Houston Rockets organization that Gary Payton Jr. is on a training camp team. Gary Payton Jr. is a better defender than James Harden is, and D- Gary Payton Jr. deserves to be on that roster. I really hope he makes it. We'll see if uh, if he does. But the Rockets are going to be a mess. They're going to win a ton of uh, regular season games. They're going to get all kinds of flash. But no Dwight Howard this year. They're going to be missing that. They're going to get beat in the first round of the playoffs. All right, number four is going to be the Utah Jazz. Now, people always really want to push Utah all the way up to like the three spot. I've even heard some people say the two spot. That, that We're getting ahead of ourselves. They're a good team. They've got some depth about, uh, about them now. They've got some good young talent. It was actually kind of funny listening to, uh, uh, talking to a buddy of mine about he was trying to draft, a, doing a fantasy football league, and, and I was arguing with him. I was giving a case for drafting 
Marcus Page. I think that he's going to be one of seven point guards that are going to be on that roster, but I think he's going to have the best uh, the best future with the Houston um, Jazz. But here's what I'm going to say about the, excuse me, the Utah Jazz. Here's what I'm going to say about the Utah Jazz. They better sign Gordon Haywood. They better make sure they lock him down long term. Give that dude a contract extension. He needs to be there and uh, enjoy Boris Diaw while you're at it. Number three, and always number three, um, chasing everybody else is going to be the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, what What have we seen from the Los Angeles Clippers that's going to make them be better to get over this hump? Nothing. The one thing that the that they, uh, the Clippers have going for them is going to be chemistry. Um, I really wanted to put them over my Spurs number at number uh, two, but I can't do that because – there's no, there's nothing there. I mean, I, I haven't seen anything that justifies them being you know pushed over the hump. Uh, JJ Reddick can have all the podcasts he wants, but you know the reality is that DeAndre Jordan is not going to shoot better free throws. Um, Chris Paul's not going to stay healthy, and Blake Griffin's not going to become suddenly you know a guy who's not phased by contact. It's just the reality. They're not. That brings us to number two in the San Antonio Spurs and. Um, this is obviously being generous. I am being a little bit biased here, but I do, I do still think that the San Antonio Spurs are going to be the second best team in the Western Conference. Of course, a large part of that is, uh, you know, assuming that everybody is, you know, stays healthy like anywhere else. Um, but I do think that you have the best, you know, all around player in the game. You know, the best two way player. Uh, you know, in Kawhi Leonard, who. I'm, I'm hoping he gets better. We have to see what LaMarcus Aldridge does. Of course, the addition of Pau Gasol is going to be interesting. There's no way you can you know, assume that he fills the need of Tim Duncan. He's never been a great defender. But I do think he's going to fit well in that offense. The uh, interesting part about the San Antonio Spurs is in order for them to get to the number two seed, you have to see what Tony Parker's going to do because he's no longer a top 10 point guard. I think it is a absolute travesty that he was left off of the sports center, uh, excuse me, the sports illustrated top 100 list. That's a joke. Um, but that being said, I've said this before. I've gone on record. He's not even the best player, best point guard on that team right now. I think that Patty Mills has passed him. But Tony Parker does have a very important role, and that role is to orchestrate that offense. Greg Popovich is always going to be a mastermind. He's always going to be a wizard. That's why I have the San Antonio Spurs as the number two seed this year going into the Western Conference. And, of course, our number one projection, um, number one team this year in the Western Conference is going to be the Golden State Warriors with the addition of Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, um, and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are still going to be a perennial powerhouse in the Western Conference. I don't think that they're going to win uh, 70 games this year. I don't think they're going to win 65 games this year. I'm going to put their number uh, at 74 if you want to take the over-under. I just think that it's going to take time for the chemistry pieces to work together. I'm not saying they're, they're not going to be better. Um, I do think that they are going to lack some intensity on the defensive end. I think they're going to really see how much Bogut um, was valuable to that team and how Steph Curry in particular got a lot of his junk off of those Andrew Bogut screens. I think that that's going to be a a huge hole to miss. But what that team is going to do is they're going to be fun. They're going to play together and they're going to have fun playing together. And that's going to cover a multitude of sins. If you think back to the Mavericks of the of the early 2000s and those Don Nelson uh, teams, even the Don Nelson Warriors, they didn't really care about playing defense. They just wanted to outscore you. This could very well be one of those Warrior teams. They might not have to go and, and, and have defensive games, but if they can get games up into the 120s, the 130s, the 140s, they're going to be they're going to beat teams a lot. I do think it's going to take them 20 to 30 games to kind of figure out this new team. 
And of course, it's the first sign of weakness. People are going to come gunning for them and talk about how it's not going to work. They'll figure it out. They're still going to be the title contenders. They're still going to be the the favorites. And now that they've gone and you know kind of reloaded with Kevin Durant, who sold out to the city of Oklahoma City and went and chased better things, who changed his mind, who showed that he has no backbone, showed that he has no loyalty. He's going to go ring chasing. I do think that uh, you know that they're the favorite to win the title this year. Um, and I, for one, am going to be rooting against him that it doesn't happen. And, you know, that's my vote. Guys, I want to introduce you to our newest sponsor of the Couch Coach Podcast. And that is um, the Couch Coach Podcast. That's right. I'm sponsoring myself. Yes, it's true. It's finally true. We have our sponsor and it's me. I am sponsoring myself because I believe in myself and I believe that in order for others to believe in you, you have to first believe in yourself. So I want to tell you a little bit about the Couch Coach Podcast. We're a podcast that talks about basketball and that's what makes us great is because I tell you everything that there is to know about basketball and you listen to it. But now we are on iTunes and some of you have been moaning and complaining about not being on iTunes. Like, how do I listen to the couch coach if it's not on iTunes? Well, I went ahead and fixed that for you. So now you can do that. But what I need you to do as an official sponsor of the Couch Coach Podcast is to go into iTunes and rate the Couch Coach Podcast so that, you know, it looks good so that other people will want to listen to it too. And then they'll tell their friends to listen to the Couch Coach Podcast and then they'll tell their friends and then now all these people will be listening. Trust me, it's a really, really good podcast and I think that you'll like it and I think your friends will like it. So download and listen to the Couch Coach Podcast on iTunes today. All right, now back to the Couch Coach Podcast. All right, so now is the time of the show where we typically do our segment, Honey, Can You Get the Kids? But we're going to transition from that a little bit. Um, I've had a lot of questions and traffic over the last uh, couple weeks about the uh, the topic that that pertains to professional athletes and the national anthem, which... Uh, as many of you know, if you've ever watched, if you've watched anything on SportsCenter or ESPN or any of the football stuff, if you've been on Twitter for any length of time, clearly there's a lot going on with uh, what Colin Kaepernick has started in his uh, protests. And so it's been like brought up like, well, you know, what are the NBA players going to do? And so I figured I'd give it just a few minutes here to, to discuss that. But um, I find this entire, uh, you know, scenario very interesting um, because I've had a lot of mixed emotions about it. For those of you don't, don't that don't know, I'm recently separated from the United States Navy. Uh, I'm a veteran now, and uh, you know I have my own personal thoughts about it, which in the beginning were very, you know, harsh. But I'm glad that I had the, you know, decency to take a kind of a step back and really reevaluate this and look at it. You know, take the emotion out of it. Um, I do think, though, there is a lot that is um, to be said about this. So first and foremost, I just want to say that um, we all know that the national anthem obviously was written a long time ago in a completely different world in a completely different environment. There's a lot of things, obviously, in that in our national anthem that, um, you know, Sure, it's it's a little outdated, and there's references to things that you know we don't necessarily agree with now. And so I get that. I get that you know Kaepernick uh, has taken that stand, and 
and that's fine. Um, but I will say this. Standing for the national anthem is not standing in agreement necessarily with everything that goes on in this country. Um, the national anthem, the flag, the symbol that represents everything that is good about the United States of America. It does not represent everything that is bad. It's all encompassing, but you're standing for that anthem. You're standing for that flag out of, out of a show of respect for the vision of America and what that dream should be. America is a completely flawed and imperfect country and rightly so. And there's tons that's going on here. But when Kaepernick decided to sit for that, it, it made it seem very disrespectful and I took it disrespectfully. And so it was a large part of, well, what are you trying to convey here? Because you're not doing it effectively. Since that first time Kaepernick has decided to take a knee and I think that the knee has shown a little bit more respect. However, I, I'm not entirely convinced that that's the best way to go still because what you're saying is I don't like this. So because I don't like it, I'm not going to tolerate it. That's a dangerous game to play. It's a slippery slope because there are a lot of things that's wrong with America. If everybody took a knee, sat down, refused to say the sing the national anthems, say the Pledge of Allegiance. You know, if everyone began to protest everything that was wrong with this country, we very well might not have a country. So the only thing I want to say to this is I, I understand he has a right to do that, and I support his right to do that. I believe that I fought for that right. I just want to be considerate that we recognize that standing or kneeling or however it is, you're doing that in support of what the vision of America is, the American dream of the United States. It is everything that is good about the country, not everything that is bad. We could always find something that's wrong with it. Um, I did enjoy last, uh, last night watching, um, at the time of this podcast, I'm recording on a Wednesday, but, uh, it was the New York Knicks and the Houston Rockets. A lot of talk has been like, what is the NBA going to do? For those of you that don't know the NBA, they have an agreement with the players union and the ownership where they're required to stand for the national anthem. Um, so obviously it's like, what, what, is, what are we going to do now that this protest has gone on? We've seen some players that have come out and said they will stand, others to say they won't stand. They're going to do something. I loved what New York and uh, the New York Knicks and the Houston Rockets did. Uh, I believe it was on Tuesday night where they all stood and locked arms. They you know, showed unity by doing that. And I thought that was a very powerful message to see. Uh, I really enjoyed... Um, the stance that Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade took at the ESPYs whenever they stood up for that. I think when you're trying to convey a message like this, it's not the message that's wrong. And in a lot of ways, it's not even the way that it's the message is communicated that's wrong. It's just not the best way. And if it's not the best way, then it just causes dissension and it causes more, uh, you know, we lose unity. Um, he has a you know, Kaepernick has a valid point. You know, there's obviously some stuff that's gone on that's wrong here. But when we see these other players that are just continuing to take that same type of stance, the message is lost. You know, we lose sight of what the actual message is. And now it just looks like a protest. One of the other things I didn't like was that Colin Kaepernick said he was going to do this indefinitely. Now we've seen some NBA players that have said they're going to do the same thing. Well, that's dangerous. Like when, when is enough going to be enough for you? When are you going to say, well, I've seen enough change. I'm going to stand again. Like, what does that take? Is that, is that, you know, three, four, five months of 
no shootings, uh, you know, by police officers is that, you know, I'm going to do this just for this one season. I'm going to do it for the rest of my career. You know, the, what scared me was when he said, I'm going to do this until I see fit, you know, until I feel like there's been enough change. I mean, could you imagine if we all took that stance, I'm not going to support the United States of America publicly until I see fit till it meets my needs. Like that's a selfish part of this, of the, of the country. That's a selfish attitude to have as an American. You know, John F. Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. I love though that Kaepernick has come in and he's donated and he's, he's made contributions. We've seen Michael Jordan come out and donate to police departments. People are doing things. And I think that's the strongest, you know, voice that Kaepernick has had is that he's created this dialogue. What I want to see moving forward is I want to see the commissioner of the national basketball association, give some leeway to change uh, these these rules and allow more teams to do kind of what we just saw happen from, uh, you know, from from the uh, Knicks and from the Rockets where we were able to see that that type of show of unity. And I with that comes the responsibility of I want to see these players actually take some action and make sure that they're communicating this message, this protest, they're doing it in an effective way that where the message can be heard. And please understand, there is a message that needs to be delivered. This is an important topic. And I understand that there's a lot of emotion behind it. There's a lot of anger. There should be anger. There should be, uh, you know, concern. There should be those fear factors that are that have gone into this. But if we want to see that change, if we really wanted to see it be affected, we have to communicate that message in a way that is going to it's going to ring in the ears of those people that are trying that are that are listening and you have to be over cautious not to disrespect the flag over cautious not to disrespect the anthem because that's when you'll lose people even if your message is accurate but if it's if the delivery is wrong that's what'll happen so i'm looking forward to the season and seeing how this stuff plays out and i hope that these guys really uh, take a stand and that they let their voices be heard in a way that's positive for you know everybody to watch and everybody to see. Imagine if you wanted to use this space for advertisement, but someone beat you to it. That would stink. Procrastination. Welcome to the Man And now it is time to welcome in our newest member into the Man Cave. And that new member is Mr. Kevin Garnett, a.k.a. the Big Ticket, the Kid, KG, however you want to call him, a.k.a. the guy that screams profanities into the microphone on live television after winning an NBA championship. Hey, KG, we get it, man. There will never be another Kevin Garnett. And uh, the big ticket has a career average of 18 and 10, essentially. Um, he was just a monster. He really was. And he was he was incredible because of, you know, he came out of high school. He played, uh, he came out of high school in 1995, uh, 96 season. And nobody had ever seen anything like him. And, of course, you know, I'm not trying to say that he's the best player to ever play by any stretch of the imagination. But the, the guy came out of high school and was long and lanky. He was quick. He was fast. He wasn't necessarily like a Dirk Nowitzki type power forward, but he just 
he was ready for the NBA at that age. You know, when he stepped on the court for the first time, whenever he was, you know, 19 years old, he looked like he belonged there. Um, he got a bad rap. I, I really liked KG at a, at a, you know, even as a kid, you know, growing up, I felt like he always had this rap um, where he couldn't get out of, you know, the playoffs. And that was unfair to him. I can remember watching, I uh, must have been in, Gosh, I don't know. Maybe it was the late '90s, maybe, maybe the early 2000s. I guess. I guess it was. I think it was more like 2003, 2004, because I was I was about a senior, and I can remember watching them. They had gotten close to you know they were in the playoffs yet again, and they looked like they had the team to win, but they they just couldn't get over that hump, and they were about to they were about to be eliminated. I can't remember the team that I was watching, but I can remember watching KG, and he sat. Uh, he was he was on. He was on in the on the floor. He was in the game. It was that was at the end of the game, and they were they had just kind of like tailed off at the end, and they were going to lose the game, lose the series. And he would not come out of the game. He wanted to lose with his team. He was so frustrated. He was just like, "I've done everything I know how to do." Like I, he would not come out of the game. He went. There was a foul that was committed. The other team was going to go shoot free throws. You know, they're doing that whole, you know, we're going to foul them and stop the clock. And and you knew the game was over. But KG, he just he went to the free throw line. He put his he put his you know his hands on his on his knees on his short. He just hung his head like I've got to get over this hump. And you could just tell like it weighed on him so much. Like the the I I I hate to lose. Like he just absolutely hated to lose. Um, so in 2007, he went and formed you know what we know is like the first you know true super team. He went to Boston, uh, you know, and joined up with Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and Rajon Rondo, Coach Doc Rivers, and as we all know, that team went on to win a, a, a title. And um, you know, KG will go down you know in history as just being that ferocious type of player. You know, the guy he just never had any any quit in him he just he just had fight he had heart like you wouldn't believe um a mouth gosh the guy would just talk so much trash and he would just say anything and everything that he could to get into your head it didn't matter what it was and and people said all the time they hated to play against kg but they loved having him as a teammate and um it's kind of interesting that we're watching you know Tim Duncan, who retired this off season, uh, who's already in the man cave, and now Kevin Garnett's retiring, and the two parallels that those guys guys have. You know, essentially they both had long careers. I think I think KG actually finished playing, you know, twenty if I if if my memory serves me correct, maybe maybe twenty one. He, gosh, guy's been in the league forever. But even as long as they played, we saw this parallel. You know, these these two guys who were both consistently good, both consistently impressive, but they did it in two completely different ways. You know, Duncan's the slow and steady, wins the race type guy. KG was in your face, dunk on you, yell at you, scream at you, call you names, insult your mom, insult your, you know, your girlfriend, whatever it was, and just intense, intense dude. Um, Just different styles, but Man, KG was a he was a warrior. He was a champ. Um, I think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame pretty easily uh, whenever his time comes. Um, and and sadly enough, like another legend lost, you know, to Father Time here today. You know, the the NBA is now uh, in the last six months. <laughs> there there's no more Kobe Bryant. There's no more Tim Duncan. Now there's no more uh, 
there's no more Kevin Durant, Kevin, uh, excuse me, Kevin Durant. God, I wish there's no more Kevin Garnett. And we just have a new era of NBA basketball. So, um, it's definitely, you know, one of those things it's, it's like sad to watch, but, uh, you know, KG had a great career. I think most players would want his career, um, probably deserved a few more championships. I I laughed that he went to Brooklyn. I think that was kind of one of those like, all right, dude, like, come on. But, uh, you know, in the last couple years though, he's, he's kind of, I guess gotten a better head on his shoulders and, you know, kind of picked himself up. Of course he went to Minnesota and kind of finished out as a veteran there, you know, kind of trained, taking some of those younger guys under his wing. And now in recent days we've seen, you know, we've seen, uh, him, uh, wanting to get into coaching a little bit. So, the end is not over for Kevin Garnett in basketball, but here's to a good uh, career for you, a good NBA uh, resume. And uh, Kevin Garnett, officially, we'd like to welcome you to the Couch Coach Man Cave. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Couch Coach Podcast. Don't forget to go into iTunes, write us a review, like it, uh, you know, rate us, give us a high rating, whatever it is. Tell a friend, share this on Facebook, share this on Twitter. You can reach out to me. We're getting ready for the season to kick off here in about 20 days, and we'll have a lot more content for you. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you on the flip side. You've been listening to the Couch Coach Podcast. Subscribe today and never miss another episode.